in Harrisburg, we're not, we're not even mainly known as pastors. We're mainly known as community life coaches is the word that's used. And, uh, and we love it that way. Amen. We really do love that. It, and now it still doesn't mean we don't pastor. We are absolutely still mm-hmm. pastoring. Yes. Uh, but every September, uh, we always remember that as a time when the Lord brought us together. And the thing that we did not realize at the time that we started is that always in the month, somewhere around the month of September, is the start of the Hebrew New Year. Some of you may have heard churches and everybody talking about this is Rosh Hashanah and all of that. Um, And but, but we didn't know that. It wasn't until years later that we realized, wait a minute, we started our ministry right at Rosh Hashanah at the start of the Hebrew New Year. And each year it has a different meaning. And we're going to talk about that next month when we get together. We're going to talk about the meaning of this this particular uh, year yeah. on the Hebrew calendar. But since we didn't get a chance to celebrate, we wanted and we wanted to uh, take the time to go back and rehearse the word of the Lord, which is something that we do every year. I know that many churches get together and they have a pastoral anniversary and they bring in choirs and singers and groups and they have a great big, awesome, you know, powerful celebration and all of that. But what we do is we go back and rehearse what has God said about us and this ministry. Now, the reason why we do that is not to promote what he said just about Chris and Carol, but so that you can hear that God already had you in mind long before we ever even met you. (laughs) God's people would assemble for all kinds of occasions. You see it in the Old Testament. They called them solemn assemblies. And what they would do is they would stand up and they would have the uh, priests or the Levites to read the word of God. And they would read his word, read his commandments, and read his promises concerning the Messiah. And they would do that on a regular basis, have these solemn assemblies, and they just come and just hear the word of God, just rehearse it. And for us, our solemn assembly is once a year, we'll go back and thank God for the technology to play back (laughs) those prophetic words that were spoken so that you can see God is answering he is doing what he said he would do um you ever feel like sometimes like what's going on why is this happening are we really making any progress and when you go back and listen to his promises and read his word you go Mm -hmm. you you get an assurance like yes he is Mm -hmm. yes he is doing what he said Mm -hmm. and uh so i want to we just want to read this to you um again this will help you as um even an understanding about what this monthly gathering is about. And if you have family members and friends, because it always comes up, you know, where do you go to church? Don't it? <laughs> and especially if you talk about that once a month thing, I ain't never heard of nothing like once a month, you get together to go to somebody's house. What's up with all of that? Well, we like putting things in your hand so that you don't have to try to figure out how to answer those types of questions. And if you want more, you can, you can always take more and you can keep them, uh, on your, you know, in your purse, in your wherever, whatever you carry. And if somebody ever asks you, say, "Here, this is what I'm. This is what I'm a part of." Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not to try to make them come, but it's uh, there's something that's very powerful about people experiencing or even hearing about what God is doing. That's new. That's different from what they've ever heard of or experienced. And so, led by, I'll read. Oh, should have my wife read. I'll let you read this time. <laughs> Your turn. 
Led by urban missionary pastors Chris and Carol Green, the Fruitful Life Learning Community is a unique merging of a life development church and an alliance of families, small groups, house churches, and ministries. This has resulted in what has come to be known as a spiritual urgent care community. They convene in strategically orchestrated monthly gatherings that resource, equip, and empower people from all fears of aspects of life, giving them access to healing within their own hearts and homes, and then the ability to extend their extraordinary transformation to their friends, neighborhoods, colleagues, and anyone in their world. As a neighborhood, neighborhood supporting faith family, Fruitful Life is patterned after the first century followers of Christ, who continued steadfast in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in breaking of bread and in prayers. They met privately in their homes and corporately as a community on a regular basis, and they took care of widows, orphans, and the poor while experiencing miraculous signs and wonders. In its DNA, Fruitful Life carries the Ephesians 4 directive of equipping and empowering believers to do the work of ministry. Before there was a religion called Christianity, there was a movement known as The Way. Chris and Carol Green launched the Fruitful Life Learning Community as an intentional effort to help people of faith and Christian leaders return to that simple mission and lifestyle that demonstrates God's love and healing to hearts and homes. Our mission statement. Our mission statement. We will rebuild the ancient ruins, restore the places long devastated, and renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. That's, that's Isaiah 61 and 4. That's our mission statement. That's the reason why we gather, so that the you as God's people can be equipped. Ephesians 4 talks about that, that the purpose of fivefold ministry is to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. And the work of ministry doesn't only take place inside of a building. Amen. The work of ministry is taking place every day while we're working, while we're raising our kids, when we're cleaning the house and yeah. and, uh, and working in the yard <laughs> and helping the neighbors, the rest of the neighbors in the neighborhood and watching out for people's kids and and uh, school teachers are doing it and, and where we're working at the, at the community center and helping the women who don't have anywhere to live and their children. And, uh, and it's still so funny that uh, while we're helping uh, people who don't have nowhere to live that God allowed us to be right in the same situation. Hmm. When the Bible says be an example to the yeah. flock, he means that. You're going to tell these women and children how to stay encouraged and all that while they ain't got no place to live? Okay, fine. Let's see how you do it. <laughs> you got to show them how to do it, not just tell them how to do it. No, I can tell you. You got to do it yourself. Yeah. So with a good attitude, yeah. believe me. Right. And so yeah. we told you a little bit about our journey last week, unexpectedly. You know, the homeowner coming telling us we last had month. last month and was telling us we got a couple of weeks to get out, and we had to get out. And God touched someone's heart and allowed them allowed us to come and live with them while we're looking for another place. And I will all be honest, you get you get upset with God. Mm -hmm. about the way certain things happen. You're like, God, why did you let right. this happen? Yeah. 
You don't have to raise your hand, but you know, anybody ever ask God that, why you let it go down this way? And uh, so it's just a place where we have to trust yeah. him yes. that the way it's unfolding, right. uh, that is, it's like when Joseph's brothers betrayed him mm -hmm. and Joseph ended up saying, you meant it for evil, yeah. but God yes. meant it for good. Yes. Yes. So sometimes, and you know, with the way life is unfolding, you know, Joseph starts off at uh, these beautiful dreams he was having. And next thing he knows, he's, he's been put in a pit. He ends up in slavery in Egypt and then in prison. All three things, no fault of his own. His brothers are envious of him and they put him in a pit, sell him into slavery, and he ends up in, in working in the, the prison, uh, the warden's home, and his wife lies on him. Mm -hmm. uh, the warden, because because uh, uh, he knew, I, I still believe the Bible doesn't say this, but I believe the man knew his wife was right. lying, mm -hmm. because the okay. normal penalty for that would have been death. Mm -hmm. And so instead of killing, executing Joseph, he simply put him in prison, mm -hmm. and then put him in charge in prison, like you right. did such a good job taking charge in my house. Right. Well, I'll just put you in charge of the prison. Yeah. <laughs> And but that don't feel like no blessing, right? Yeah. Hello. Anybody can hear what I'm talking about? That don't feel like no blessing, but but God was still preserving His life, and so those are the things that keep keep us moving forward. That what doesn't feel like a blessing, and feels like this is wrong, this is this is unfair. God is can still be using you, and that's where we sense where we are, even where we're staying now. So you. You, we have to, we were on our way Never here and mom was talking about that. We don't, we don't belong to ourselves. Amen. We really don't belong to ourselves. Amen. He said that we've been bought with the price. Yes. And so wherever God wants us to go, God will allow a certain set of circumstances and situations to go down, mm -hmm. but he'll still be working what he wants yeah. out of it. That's right. And yeah. we have to be confident in him yeah. that God, you haven't abandoned me. You you haven't left me. Right. I'm not saying I like this. I don't enjoy this. This don't feel good. In fact, I feel wronged, and I want vengeance. <laughs> but this isn't what that was about. No, no. And I'm sharing this with you because I don't know what all of what you're going through in your lives, uh, all the details. But I can we can sit here and tell you today that you can trust God. Yeah. You can absolutely trust him. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Well, it's just so interesting to me because you're, what you're talking about was what was the prescription that for God, for yeah. us. Yeah. But it's also, you, you're really literally also explaining the meaning for this year for Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> <laughs> she already looked it up. So I hadn't looked it up yet. So it's going to be an incredible year, y'all. Uh, oh. Go ahead. What what base, and I and basically what it, well what it came down to in my mind was, uh, the meaning this year we we would be seeing both good and evil at the same time. At the same time, but what God is going to do is turn the good, turn the evil for our good. Um, the, the symbol looks like for this for the nine looks like a snake, mm -hmm. but it also looks like an eye. So the, even though um, uh, uh, it look it could look like something that is evil, mm -hmm. what God 
God is going to turn it for our good. That's really the bottom line. Um, Chris will go into more depth about it because I don't have, I didn't bring the notes, but, um, and it's really what our lives have literally been this year. It's been (laughs) so crazy. crazy. And then for this to happen, for us to, um, to lose home, to lose our home, um, it looked like evil, yeah. but God was really setting us. He actually delivered us um, and put us in a place where we have favor. Yeah. Um, and she asked, and the and the um, she's the our friend. She actually she needs somebody there with yeah. her, yeah. not to be in that house all by herself. Yeah. So. It it looked like evil, but you weren't it, seeing that at first, no. right? Right. <laughs> no, I want my own place. I want my. But you you know, it's just a natural thing. But yeah. God really, yeah. the way He does stuff is really so different than uh, the way that we have of doing things. Yeah. The way that yes. man has of doing things. Yeah. So it's just it's just been awesome just to watch God how He orchestrates things. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, so we wanted to put that in your hands so that moving forward uh, the rest of this year and on into next year uh, we can stay on one accord uh, keep getting these words of encouragement and understanding and perspective so that we're not lost in the trial yeah yeah it's all it's easy to get lost and off focus yeah get distracted get distracted yes and especially when it's when it's something that's very painful hurtful when it comes from family members Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes the biggest trials come Mm -hmm. from family members Mm -hmm. or people that you trust Mm -hmm. uh, or you thought were trustworthy you thought were friends you thought they were friends and they turn out (laughs) to not be and what we're one of the things that we seek to do when we get together is not put the emphasis on the people. I know that you can go to a lot of churches right. and all the pastor sermons are always talking about what people do. Yeah. And I remember growing up in that. I yeah. grew up both Baptist and Pentecostal. And a lot of the sermons was always about people say this, people say this, and they and them. And I see all the people hollering, yeah, oh, yeah, you right, pastor, you right. And I used to sit there as a little kid and go, well, who is this day they always talking about? <laughs> because everybody's hollering back at the pastor like they all knew who that person is. So I guess it's nobody here. None of these people is who is who the pastor's talking about because everybody's saying, yeah, yeah. So it ain't nobody here in the church that he's talking about. But I always want to know who the they was since it wasn't nobody in the church because everybody's agreeing with the pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Until you grow up and find out that the they was often the people hollering the loudest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they was hollering the loudest because they didn't want nobody to know that they was it the was they. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But we don't want to put the emphasis on the day because right. the word of the Lord says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Right. So right. it's not people. Right. We see human faces. Right. It was human beings that ultimately made the decision right. that said the words or did the actions that helped us. But ultimately, it was the enemy behind yes, all of that. Yes, yes. And so we get our eyes off of people, keep our eyes on the Lord, yeah. keep our attention on him so that when things happen that we do not understand, yeah. that we can always turn to him. Right. And even when he doesn't give us the full understanding in the mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. 
I think the part of the reason why we're able to walk through this now is because we have been through so much. Right. And that's the thing about as you get older in the Lord, when certain trials and things come up, you're not you're not shaking your head that's trying right. to figure out what's going on anymore. Yeah. You you're a little bit quicker no, no, to go right, to. Right. Okay, Lord, you right. must be doing something. Yes, yeah, what you're working something. You're working in something. Me. I don't know what it is, but oh, yeah. you must be working something. Whereas when you're younger in the Lord, it just you can't see it, right. and so you're distraught and upset. <laughs> oh my God, Lord, are you even here? <laughs> but as you get older, you begin to realize, okay, He didn't leave me. Right. He's going to work this out. Yeah. It's just that my flesh doesn't like this right. process yes. yeah. I don't like to have to go through this like Carol said yeah. I want my own house the holidays are coming I want my own house but this is why Jesus when he was in the garden of Gethsemane said not my will yes. but your will be done yeah. I know how, you know, Amen. we all come to that place like he right. did. Like, does it have to be this way? Uh -huh. That's where Jesus was. Like, do you, does it have to be this way, right. Father? Right. Can't we do this another way? <laughs> and then you just finally say, okay, okay. not my will, right. your will be done. I tell you what, it breaks you down. It does. It, you down today. it broke me down off that high horse so fast, I didn't know what hit me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't help nobody being all up there. Right, right. right. I didn't even know I was up there until he showed me I was up there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you still gonna trust me after I do this? Yeah, you yeah. Trust me after you do that. He kept saying, that. "I said, be careful what you say. Yeah, you just might get." Yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. So it. I don't ask him for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you just say, just say, yes. just say yes, yes. Lord. Whatever yeah. you want. That's it. Whatever you want. Yeah. You want. Now yeah. Whatever you want. want. I don't want to pay, and, but I'm. Okay. And, and it took God's people a long time to learn that. Yes. They kept grumbling and complaining in the wilderness. You know, we want, we want, what was it? We want something to eat. We need water. We said, then he gave them, you know, gave them manna. They yeah. gave them water. No, we want meat. No, oh, we have some meat. Yeah. And, and, that and was the, one thing too many. And the psalmist said, and God gave them what they asked yeah. for. But then the word says, he sent leanness into their soul. Yeah. And leanness of soul means you're never satisfied. Yeah. No matter how much you get, you'll never be satisfied. And so I don't want leanness in soul. Oh, no. I don't want I do not want leanness in soul mm -hmm. where I can have all the material things that God, that I ever asked for, mm -hmm. but I ain't got nothing that I can give anybody of any substance. Uh, I can't give no advice. Uh, I can't help them with nothing because mm -hmm. I'm so lean. In other words, uh, I, uh, it, it, I'm a skeleton. Mm -hmm. I ain't got no meat on my bones, nothing. Right. Just, I ain't got nothing. <laughs> That's what I look like on the inside. There's no substance to me. And some of you have met, probably met people like that. They own a lot of things, see a lot of celebrities like that. Mm -hmm. And when you when they do their interviews, they're talking about frivolous nonsense yeah. stuff. And like, how you act so well, you played that part so well, right. you sing so great. You but when you have you, a you, conversation you, with you, no substance. You ain't got nothing. Yeah. And that's what it is. And I don't want to be that type of person. Yeah. If we, we ain't got no house, but if I can share a word with you that changes your life, Amen. I'd rather have that. That's right. Yes. I'd rather don't have, have that. Right don't have right the house now. right now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I may not have the house right now. Thank you. Yeah. That's how I was going. I may not have the house right now. Right now. But we've got him. 
Yeah. We got this substance that's yes. greater yeah. than material things. Amen. So that when we're sharing and speaking and talking, life comes out. Yeah. And other people can live from the fruit Amen. that's coming when they partake of the fruit of our lives. Yeah. Bless the Lord. Well, I want to play this particular section of our prophetic words. We have 25 years worth of prophetic words and we could never possibly play them all in a whole day. Right. Um, but there's some words that came to us in 2012 and 2014 that I want to share with you and want you to hear just how God is moving today, five years, seven years later. I want you to hear, think of what's happening with us now and hear how God, uh, what he said to us all those years ago. So, you know, he's got us right where he wants us to be. We were commissioned uh, to come to Harrisburg and to do this. And and um, all this time that we've been here, we've just been uh, on this journey mm -hmm. of for the Lord to bring forth the people who would connect with us right. to fulfill this prophetic promise and prophetic charge. Right. While operating under uh, a covering uh, from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, we didn't just come. We didn't just went. We <laughs> were sent um, with a, a specific plan and purpose uh, that was given to us by God. And now we'd like to take you into some more of the prophetic promises that came our way. Uh, what you just watched was from 2004 and 2005. Now we're going to jump you seven years forward and let you hear some of the prophetic promises that came to us um, the first one, we'll kind of go backwards. The first one you're going to hear is a Pastor Frank King, a very dear friend that came to celebrate uh, to, with us during one of our anniversary celebrations. And so you'll hear and see what God spoke to us in March of 2012. And then after that, you'll get a chance to hear uh, what the Lord spoke to us through our bishop, our overseer, uh, Bishop Raphael Green, in March of 2011. And so just take a look and take a listen so that you can hear more of the prophetic promises that God gave us and why we operate and move the way we do and why we <laughs> have made the decisions <laughs> we have we have through yes. the years. And so we hope that this resonates in your spirit as you hear this. God bless you. Prepare for the shifting, for you are now ready to begin. For many will come from all walks of life to build, for there are a people yet ready to come, some whom the Lord will relocate. They will be relocated to this emerging region, for Harrisburg is an emerging city. It's a city that is on the horizon, for you will complement, not compete with Philadelphia. For the Lord has purpose for that place as well. Do not compare, but be prepared for what the Lord desires to do here in this emerging city. You will be an emerging city in this nation. For many will come to build. For many leaders will come to glean. You must get your hearts ready, and many will come to live. Likewise, do not compare yourselves to others. For the call that is on you is unique to you and to his purpose for this generation. The Lord says you are forerunners. For the Lord has given you 
the grace to survive the pressure. Now you will thrive. You are moving out of survival mode into thriving mode. For the Lord will place you in the center of this growing region. Wait on the Lord. And Father, we thank you today for your mercy and your grace. We thank you, Lord, that you have sent Chris and Carol to this region for such a time as this. We thank you for the supernatural enablement and the power of God that is resident on the inside of them now. We thank you, Lord, that they shall prosper in the days ahead. Lord, we declare incre increase. We declare increase over this couple's life, over this body, over this people. We declare your favor. Lord, I thank you that even now that there shall be acceleration of your favor upon their lives, of your grace upon their lives, of increase upon their lives. We thank you, Lord, that even as um, that there was a breaking forth in Carol's mother, I thank you, Lord, that there's a breaking forth that's coming right now for this house and for the people of God in this house. We thank you, Lord, for thriving, coming forth, for thriving. You shall forget the years, no longer be bound by the, the failures of the past and the missteps of the past. For even in the missteps, the Lord has ordered your steps for such a time as this. Amen. Well, the Lord says you live in a city and a culture where people will hear the personal testimony sooner than they will the preached word in a building. And yet, it's as though I see blinders on many of your eyes. Blinders even on some of your hearts. You do not see the value of your testimony. And the significance of that which the Lord has purposed to do. Simply as you open your mouth and speak. This is what the Lord has done for me. In a similar way that some of you shared tonight. That's all it's going to take. You really need to begin to say, God has done a great thing in my life. Do you, do you have five minutes so I can tell you about it? And I want you to come and experience what the Lord is doing in my life, even with the family, the spiritual family that he's called me to be a part of. So, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that your grace would just continue to be ministered through those that are here. And we thank you for bringing to pass what you have purposed to do for your glory and your honor. Thank you, God. I'm telling you, I applaud the tenacity of your leaders. The never give up spirit. That's going to be in the DNA of this house. Because what your leaders are, you are. It's in the DNA of this house. There are going to be people that are going to come in this house and go, I don't know why I can't give up. Well, there's a reason why you can't get up, give up because that's, what, that's the way your leaders are. You will have that never give up spirit. You may get you know, hit with a couple of blows here and there, but you know what? It's like a good fighter. You go, that's all right. That was a good shot. That's a good. You acknowledge when the, you get hit real good, don't you? That was a good shot. It hurt. I didn't like it. And I know you meant to knock me out with that one. But guess what? I'm still standing. <laughs> guess what? I'm still moving forward. I'm still going to do what God called me to do. The Lord says receive this strength. 
There's an understanding that's been imparted in your heart. There's a mighty army being built for the will of God, for the purposes of God. And as this expression of the family of God, receive the strength to do what God has called you to do. Well, we pray and trust that those words really help you understand a little bit better what urban life is really about and what God has called Chris and Carol Green to do in this particular part of the United States. Mm -hmm. And now we'd like to just uh, take you a couple of years forward from that time. Um, with many of the things that we were going through, we really, not, we really were not understanding why we were not receiving the kind of response that we thought we would get. Yeah. Um, sometimes when things happen in a ministry, a, a particular way uh, uh, leaders like us can begin to think that somehow we missed it and somehow we blew it because we're not seeing those promises come forth the way God spoke it. But or the way that we expected him we, to. We expected it, yeah. <laughs> and we believe that a couple of things were happening. First of all, when God sends you to a particular city and to a particular region, the people there have the option of either to receive it, believe it and receive it and to walk in it or to reject it and sometimes the rejection can be through negligence or just ignoring it or by outwardly opposing it just saying I don't want any want any part of that in my life and I, I also want to add through fear uh, because <laughs> the, I we have been in this region long enough to to know that there has been a great deal of abuse by those who have been in authority yeah so we believe that uh, the response has also been because of fear that they don't want that yeah. they don't want any more abuse. They are afraid to trust again, yeah. to believe again. So because of that, we saw that the Lord began to move us into uh, ministering and connecting with others in the community, as well as just kind of setting up. God was behind the scenes doing something. And uh, so we had a chance to go home to St. Louis. It was October of 2014. And God kind of surprised us with the word. He kind of stopped the whole service. And the, our, our bishop and all of the elders and the leaders gathered around us and began to prophesy and speak. And it was literally a recommissioning, mm -hmm. and it came at a at a, just an incredibly yeah. accurate time because we were really wondering what direction are we supposed to go to go from here because obviously something is not connecting in, with us in Harrisburg, uh, and so God, what are we supposed to do from this point? And you now take you into that moment where we receive powerful words, and uh, that was kind of a recommissioning of this ministry. I say this before, 1975, our very first ministry time together, my first ministry team was mainly my family members. That's 12 years before this church was birthed. And then for 17 years, they served here after the church was birthed. 29 years. Now, 39 years in. God is saying this. But it takes prophetic discernment to see who you are, where you are. Don't let titles throw you. Don't let them throw you. Deacon, minister, 
the church, but don't let that stuff throw you. Some folk can get into places because you're a member. You ain't got no title. Daniel wasn't called Elder, Elder Daniel. <laughs> Anybody got that? Nehemiah wasn't, he wasn't apostle Nehemiah. He was a cupbearer, but he obeyed God. Come on, hallelujah. Esther wasn't evangelist Esther. She's a little Jewish girl, pretty. And God made her an empress for the preservation of a nation. Look at your neighbor and say, come on, get past the title. Gotta get past that, gotta get past that. Say this secondly, get past the timeline. Get past the timeline. All right? Here's the third thing. We want to get past the temperaments of people. That's who you are before your personality is shaped into what it is. That's who you are at the core. Let's get past all that stuff. Titles, timelines, and temperaments. And God can use us. How I many of you got that? You got that? He can use us. Like he wants to use us. Praise the name of Jesus. Father, we as elders and ministers of the gospel, appointed in this house, representing your people, most importantly representing you, we lay our hands upon your servants. We set them apart, I hear the Holy Ghost say, for this new dimension of ministry. We affirm that you have spoken. I hear the word of the Lord, I am your refuge and your strength. I am your refuge. Your refuge, he just keeps emphasizing that I am your refuge and your strength. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I will lead you. I will guide you. And I will protect you. I've never seen this before, but it looks like a movable, a moving cage, a moving uh, 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 cave. I'm sorry, I used the word cage, but cave. Caves were refuges, places to hide. God said, where I send you, that's what it's going to be like. And because it's moving, it will be virtually impossible to detect you or sense you and find you. Hearing the word, you are my precious possession. The Hebrew term is segula. You are my own special possession, said the Lord. Katida. And I will guard you with my very breath. I will guard you with my life. For indeed I exist to even protect your household and the hand and the word and the ministry of the Holy Ghost shall strengthen you. Oh, woman of God, daughter, you shall know a supernatural courage and a supernaturally infused strength from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. And the prophetic dreams shall increase. Keep on Yes, and the spirit of revelation and wisdom and the knowledge of Jesus shall overtake your very life. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. For I'm with you to sustain you, oh man of God. Sometimes you've drawn back from uttering the wisdom of God, concerned about the accuracy of the message, the accuracy of the interpretation. And then there have been times you've drawn back because you have said within yourself, who am I?
to speak at this level. But as Samuel came even to Jesse's house, so the word of the Lord comes to your house. For I have chosen you for this day, and you will stand. For I've given the listener a grace to hear. And my hand of protection shall rest upon you, son. Do not, do not retreat. Do not retreat. Pastor Chris, while we were, Bishop was praying, I saw this distress that you and your wife was dealing with. And I was reminded what the scripture said in reference to what David said, in my distress, you enlarged my heart. And the Lord is saying that as your heart is enlarged and love for him is enlarged, the anointing is going to increase at the same measure. Because the anointing, I was at Mark Sharona's church and he preached this that when Saul was anointed by Samuel, it, he used a small vow. But when David was anointed, he used a horn filled with oil. And he said that this was the implications. Saul had a small heart for God, but David had a big heart for God. And God said, that's you. That's you. So in your distress, your heart has been large. You and your wife have large with God. You only got closer to God. Your love for God has increased. But the anointing increases with it. Let's give God a hand. Praise God. Man and woman of God. This is kind of awkward for me because I'm going to use a phrase that I actually detest. So bear with me so I can explain to you. I think there are certain phrases in Christianity that are overused and abused. Um, and, and I think it's a deliberate attack of the devil so that when there's an authentic instance of it, we're so sick of that phrase that it has no meaning. And one of those phrases to me is this phrase, a yoke-crushing anointing. Because frankly, I think most of the time, it's yoke-creating anointings. <laughs> Right. But, but um, one of the things that God has showed me about you guys is that you truly have a yoke-crushing anointing. And what's interesting to me about it is that it exists at a subterranean level. I mean, most of the time we think of yoke-crushing and we see, we, we see the examples of it, but God showed me chains around the roots of a tree at a level to which most people can't see. And God even showed me as I was sitting here that there are things that you can't even articulate. You're doing your best to articulate, but you can't tell at all because there doesn't yet exist a language in human words to explain what God is showing you. And so, but, but be encouraged. In fact, here's what's odd now, you know, God showed me that when you guys just stand before people and you smile, you have magnanimous smiles. So that alone does it. it. It's not even in the articulation of what.
what you do. It's in the present, and it's in just inside of you. There's a release of God. That's what does the job. That's the only thing you have to depend upon. It's not in the words. It's not in the English. It's not in articulation. It's simply in the release that comes out of your spirit. So, Father God, Lord, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for the authentic and the real, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God. The real has come and all the counterfeit be done away, Lord God. So in that moment, Father God, Lord, we remove everything, God, that would hinder the release of the flow of your spirit for that which you've deposited within them, Father God, and you've cultivated all these years through the crushing and the breaking and the trials and the tribulations, Father God. It, 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 it's the pressing of the, of the oil, Lord God, Lord, that that anointing may flow in that moment, in that instance, Lord God. We Call it forth in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I just, in the spirit, I see the stamp authentic. Just, just pound it on your forehead, the stamp authentic. And I'm reminded of Jacob, and he, when he wrestled with the angel, his, his, Thigh was thigh joint was messed up, and he walked with a limp from that point on. And God is going to use you. He will cause people to follow you because they see an authentic man of God, one who has gone through, <laughs> one who's gone through. And I thank God for Him giving you understanding about the, the disappointment, <laughs> because you will minister to those. You you have the heart, His heart. For those who have misunderstood what he has done, misunderstood his judgment, misunderstood God's uh, dealings in our life, we've misunderstood him. And you have a, 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 you see it, and you're able to minister to those who have misunderstood God's dealings in their life. They've misjudged him, but you know, and you will be able to minister to them because you're an authentic couple, authentic man and woman of God. Father, I thank you for even revealing to Chris and Carol, Father, what your heart was for them, Father, through the hard times, Father, when it was darkness, oh God, they couldn't see the way, but you showed them your heart, and I thank you, Father, for drawing them through that place, oh God, and for healing the deep wounds, oh God. Father, that they too, the limp that they walk with now, Father, it will never be healed, it will never go away, but Father, I thank you for removing the pain. I thank you, Father, for dealing the deep, in the deep places of their hearts, oh God. Father, for giving them understanding as to where you brought them from, Father. Though they walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Father, I thank you that you were with them, oh God. And Father, from this point on, they will fear no evil, Father. Now, I bless you. We thank you. We give you praise. Father, I thank you for the men and women that you have caused to follow them, Father, because you have set them up as an example. Father, I thank you that they no longer will hold back in sharing the heartaches and sharing the pains and the hurts, oh God. That the authentic man of God, the authentic woman of God will be seen. Father, I thank you that there's no flash and there's no glimmer and there's none of that junk, the glamour, Father. They don't seek, but Father, they seek to serve you with their whole hearts. And I thank you for drawing men and women to them, Father, who have been broken who have misunderstood you, O oh God. Father, that they can come to know your heart and your love and your compassion through the pain. In Jesus' name.
just hearing the tone of God as a father speaking to a son. And he's saying, don't despise what I have allowed you to go through because he's tempering you, he's calibrating you, and he's brought you to this place. And I'm hearing that you will pour out the oil and the wine. He's saying, do not ever again, I hear the voice of God saying, like a father, don't ever despise what I have allowed you to go through. Ever again, never, ever, ever, ever again. This day, let this be a shift in your thinking, in your confession, because all of the words that went forth, you will indeed pour out the oil and the wine. Father, we just thank you now. We seal it, Father. That, Lord, we will hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering. For great is the recompense of our reward. Father, we thank you, Father, now, God, that all that you allow us to go through, Father God, is indeed works together for the good to them that love you. So, so we say yes in our spirits. We say yes to your will and your way, Father God. Thank you for this man of God. Encourage his heart today. Let this be a day of refreshing. In Jesus' name, amen. The word of the Lord for you. The steps of a good man are ordered by God. I've strategically placed you in Harrisburg. I have divinely made connections that my purpose would be released. I was there when it seemed like there was a failure, when they abandoned, when they left, when things did not work out. I was there. I've been preparing your heart for years. That's why you've been developed in computer skills. Praise and worship, marriage ministry, singles ministry. I have been ordering your steps because there is a people group that I've called you to minister to that are broken. You're able to identify with the brokenhearted. You're able to identify with those that have been cast down. You're able to identify with those that have been rejected. Just like Joseph told his brothers, what they meant for evil, God meant it for good. What has happened in your life is all about preparation. That you're able to stand strong and know that I am the true and living God. I am the one that's able to raise up. I have the king's heart in my hand and I'm able to turn it like a river. He's preparing you. He's preparing you to touch lives. He's preparing you to see souls coming to the kingdom of God. That's why he said, I've been able to trust you. Even during the difficult times, I've been able to trust you. He's breaking off of you today, fear. He's breaking off of you today, discouragement. God is divinely faithful. Remember what I told you years ago. I am the faithful one. I am the true and living God. My word. It's the final word. 
So I bless you, Lord God, for this precious couple in the name of the Lord Jesus that you are restoring what's been lost. You are restoring what's been forfeited. You are restoring, Lord God, even when we make bad decisions, Lord, you specialize in restoration. Heal the brokenhearted. Heal the downcast, Lord God. God said, I'm opening up doors. I'm opening up doors that you could have never imagined. And I'm going to give you the courage. I'm going to give you the strength to walk in. But you are able to feel my divine purpose in the earth. So I bless you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We always end up crying every time we watch that. Um, it's amazing how something that was said, something that was shared five years ago. <laughs> Thank you. It's amazing how something that was shared five years ago, we find ourselves living in it right now. I mean, right now. And uh, we shared this with you today because, like I said, it's, it's not about Chris and Carol, but when God assembles people around the leader, it's not just the leaders who have that role. Obviously, uh, the Lord has brought all of us in this room through a whole lot and is still bringing us through a whole lot. But what we're saying to you is uh, join us in this assignment. There is a reason why we're going through, why Pastor Madeline's going through, and Maxine's going through, because when you're the leaders of a ministry that says we're here for the brokenhearted, mm -hmm. for the broken, for those who cast. have been cast off, we've lived it. Am I right, Elder Maxine? We've lived it. We've been that one person, that odd out person at the church that then nobody want to talk to you because you keep asking questions or you don't what's going on isn't that's not what God is telling you and what we're discovering uh, is that there are thousands and thousands of people who do not go to church because when they went that the, the hurt was never healed. The church wasn't even equipped to deal with what they were going through. And so could it be that God has brought you to a place in your life where he wants you to be one of the healers? Well, we don't come just to receive anymore, only to receive. You're going to receive, but you don't come and gather together just so I can get a word. But now, so I can get what I need to give to somebody else. I want to be healed so that he can use you in school. <laughs> With a friend that you may not even know. They're thinking about suicide. And God will just tell you, not that they're going to commit suicide, but he'll just say, go be their friend. Holy Spirit will just whisper to you, go go be their friend. Or go sit next to them in the cafeteria. And because you don't know how he's using you. He's healed you and now he wants you to use you to heal somebody else. And all of us, so that we're not stuck in the moment. Sometimes the word is used in the moment of offense. The moment mm -hmm. where we were offended. Mm -hmm. The moment where we were hurt. 
He don't want us to stay there. Amen. Now he wants us to embrace him yeah. and say, okay, Lord, here I am. I. Here am I. Use me. Yeah. As long as we're still bleeding and hurting, he can't use us because we'll just bleed all over other people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> as long as we're still offended by the people who lied on us and hurt us and betrayed us. We're still on that shallow level that I was talking about where you go to churches and the preachers, all the sermons are about people. And we're, we're moving on from that now. Just, okay, Lord, I want to be equipped. This is what this is how the early church was. They came, they got equipped, they got strengthened so that they can actually help somebody speak to somebody open up their home to somebody share their food with somebody that's what they did mm -hmm. you got to understand in that day and time there was no welfare system there was no government in place that was taking care of people if family members didn't do it it didn't happen right we can't even imagine that but um, until even the welfare system started in america it we don't understand it did not exist when everything fell apart in your life, there was nobody to come and bring the pieces together. And now because of the system that we live in today, even though we quote have a welfare and social services and all, mm -hmm. they can't really help at the level where people need help. Yes. They can medicate it, but they don't know how to heal it. They can send you to a counselor and a therapist, but they don't know how to solve it. And who's got the answers? We do. Mm -hmm. It's God's people. And just like you heard on that video, that clip of, of our bishop saying, it could be just as simple as you saying, let me tell you what God has done for me. Not even a whole sermon. I don't know all the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I don't have the powerful revelations that the people preach on TV. But you know what I do got? I got a testimony. I know what he's done for me. And God sent the word to us eight years ago to say, that's all it's going to take. Just asking, you got five minutes? Let me tell you what God's done for you. Mm -hmm. And I know he'll do it for you if you yeah. trust him. If you give, give him your life, give him your heart, just like I did. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I want to close to this, this morning with this. Uh, this comes from Paul, a letter that he wrote to Timothy, because Paul was really going through. He wrote this letter. Uh, uh, he suffered many things, including being imprisoned, but he wanted to assure his uh, his son in the faith that uh, you you you're on the right track. And following me, you didn't make a mistake. And I sh and so I just let's just read it. Uh, I'll read aloud. Just read along with me, right from the first verse of Second Timothy, chapter one. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son. Gotta remember, this is a letter. I don't want you to look at yeah. this as as. Mm -hmm. I know it's Holy Scripture, yeah. but I want you to read see this 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 morning. This is just a letter. Right. A man was writing to his spiritual son. Yeah, so let's read it that way. Mm -hmm. Grace and mercy and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with the pure conscience as my forefathers did as without ceasing 
I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. What's in it also? Therefore, I remind you, this is going to remind of what was in it. I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. For God is, remember, you hear the scripture all the time, but now when you hear it in the context of this letter, now it makes more sense. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of me, his prisoner. He's having to tell his son in the gospel, don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. Don't be ashamed of me because I'm in prison, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So it's just saying, uh, before time even started, God had already purposed. Mm -hmm. He had already purposed this for us. Amen. Isn't it awesome? Amen. But now it's been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, now he really breaks it down for his son. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Why? Because I'm, an, I'm a preacher and I'm an apostle and I'm a teacher of the Gentiles. I was appointed. So the enemy's after me. <laughs> for this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. And we kind of feel that same way. Uh, think about us, y'all. Pastor Madeline's at home and they haven't been feeling, haven't been doing well. And the other set of leaders, we ain't even got no place to stay. <laughs> and here's the, uh, what we're saying to you, it's just like Paul, don't be ashamed of us. Right. This is happening because we've been appointed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know that in a lot of the church world is all about getting rich and famous and having your own TV broadcast and eventually getting so big you got a jet and all of that. But when I read the Bible, <laughs> what I see is leaders who are going through and encouraging God's people, don't be ashamed when you see us going through. Don't let the enemy tell you this ain't working because if this was really working, uh, it seems like y'all wouldn't be suffering like that. That's how the enemy talks. Yeah. <laughs> in, in our earlier days when we were in the, one of these facilities, a uh, uh, brother actually, because uh, we would open up the floor for questions, and he began to question me. He said, because pastors, when I, when I look around, I see this brother's got this, and this pastor's got that, and then I come here, we ain't got but, we ain't got but 10, 15 people. So I told him, I said, you got to make up your mind. Is it whether you believe what I'm teaching you right. is the truth or not? Right. 
Because just because people got a crowd don't mean that they're teaching the truth. <laughs> so you got to make up your mind. If you're ashamed that every time you come to our church, it's just a few of us. But you feel more comfortable where the crowd is. Then you got to decide. You got to make up your mind. <laughs> and so here's Paul. and We're saying the same thing. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. That's verse 12. For I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded he's able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. And then verse 13. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. So there have been some words that we've shared with you. Patterns. You saw, he said the pattern. And what we mean by pattern, look at how God moves in the lives of his people. And you hold on to that. Don't get thrown off by this other stuff that says, uh, oh, uh, it must be God if you're making a lot of money and your ministry is getting big. And I, no, 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 that ain't the way you judge that. Amen. <laughs> Look at the pattern. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Amen. Bless the Lord. That's the pattern. In this world, you will have tribulation, yes. but be of good cheer. Yes. I have overcome yes. the world, yes. he said. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Aren't you glad to get the, the Lord, God, give me the real thing. Because yeah. <laughs> see, this is what helps me when, when I'm living everyday life. Right, right. Yes. If I listen to a lot of the stuff that's on TV right now in the Christian world, I'm, I'm questioning my own faith. Because they keep preaching that godliness is is gain. Mm. Mm. If you gain and good and stuff and blessings and blessings, then you must be then you a faithful person. Mm. But when I look at the Bible, <laughs> it's not that he doesn't ever bless us, but he mm. said, but you don't measure faithfulness by material Amen. gain. Amen. That's not the measure. That's right. The measure is are you growing in yeah. Christ? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, bless the Lord. Don't you, aren't you glad to hear this today? And in verse 15, this you know, that all those in Asia have turned away from me. This is Paul. He's telling, telling, reminding Timothy, remember, I had a whole bunch of folks that left me. <laughs> Among whom, and he named a couple of guys. Uh, uh, say that for me, dear. She has to help me with these names. Vigilus and Hermogenes. See, I love that. <laughs> the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onisiphorus. On, on, Onisiphorus. Say it, dear. Onisiphorus. I love it. See, she can say it. <laughs> For he often refreshed me and listened again those same words and was not ashamed of my chain. All these other people seeing me go through. They abandoned me. Some of them, maybe they was in fear for their lives, but also right. some of them abandoned him because they thought if he's going through this, then maybe he's wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe what he's teaching don't work. Because it seems to me, ever had, you had that yeah. thought come to mind? Because it seems to me <laughs> that if God really is all that people say God is, you wouldn't be going through all of that. Yeah. 
And what did you do? The reason why, yeah, that's another one. What did you do? Like the kind of accusation that Job got. You must have done something wrong. But really, it was the opposite. It was because he was doing something right. I remember getting into a debate with one of my family members, and he thought that life was just simple as. If if you're getting blessed, that's God. And if things are going wrong, that's the devil. I said, don't you know the devil got sense enough to bless you, bless you to hell? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Pour as much stuff into your life that he can, as long as it keeps you distracted right. from the truth. Yes, and from doing the will of God. And from doing the life. will of God. Yes. So life ain't just as simple as if you're being blessed, that's God. And if you're suffering, then that's the devil. Oh, no. The devil finds out that you think that way. And he's like, then let me give that's you as right. much stuff as I can yeah. to keep you from God. That's right. yeah. What will it profit a man to gain the world yes. and lose his soul? So you better know the devil's smart enough that's to try to right. get you to gain the world. <laughs> Because you'll be thinking, I must be. Because we see it all the time. Athletes and entertainers who get up and they get, they say, I just want to thank God for my gifts and for my talents and for blessing me. You know, like, God ain't blessed you be on stage twerking. Right. That ain't got nothing to do with God. God ain't in most of that. Okay. That ain't got nothing to do with God. But they feel that if they give God credit, mm -hmm. then somehow they're going to be blessed and they're going to make it. Mm -hmm. In the end of all of this, well, no, because that ain't God. Amen. That's the enemy who got you all track, and he's he is financing your disobedience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy, you gotta remember that one the rest of your life. Financing. Think about that. The enemy will finance your diso you and my disobedience. Right. He will finance it. But what we don't know is at the end of it all. You're going to pull the rug right on from me, dog. Bless the Lord. So here's Paul saying, don't be ashamed that this brother was not ashamed of my chain. Mm -hmm. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out zealously and found me. The Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. When the day of judgment, what he's talking about. When the Lord settles everything that this brother. Got to remember, this is Paul talking about what this guy's done but what i want you to again to understand nobody knew this is just something that this brother was just doing on his own mm -hmm. he wasn't doing this in front of people he wasn't doing this to get to draw attention to himself mm -hmm. so here's paul saying i'm praying that the lord blesses him on that day mm -hmm. for what he did to be a blessing to me mm -hmm. thank you lord and you know very well <clears throat> how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus. So I just want to end there. This article on the back of just let you read that on your own. It kind of gives even more in insight on this idea of not being ashamed of God's leaders when we're going through. Don't be ashamed and don't abandon and don't think that God ain't doing what he said he's going to do. Amen. It's just that from our perspective, and that's part of the reason why we even share this word with you today. From our perspective, um, we're not trying to be famous. <clears throat> we're not trying to be well-known. Mm -hmm. In fact, we have been more effective in our work in Harrisburg being behind the scenes right. yeah. with nobody knowing who, who really did certain things, whose idea it was. 
And we're working with some people who are right now, they they fighting and trying to make sure that everybody knows that they're the one who did it. And they're the one whose idea it was. Because they don't want to be overlooked. And of course they don't want to and of course, you know, sometimes your check is a attached, attached to that. To it, yeah. You know, I make sure that y'all know I did it so I get my promotion and get my money. <laughs> so I understand why they're doing that, because they don't want to be overlooked. They want to make sure I'm gonna get paid for the labor that I put in. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, there is a pay that comes right. from God yes. that supersedes anything that yeah. any man, and I'm not just talking about heaven. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about blessings that God will bring into your life. Yes. I don't want to be one of those ones who, uh, who gets all of their reward and credit here on this earth. Mm -hmm. oh, and hand me a certificate and walk across the stage with a worthless trophy. That ain't nobody gonna remember next year. Yeah. Ain't nobody even remember who won the Academy, right. the Tony, the Grammys, just from a year ago. Right. Can't hardly remember none of them. Don't even know who won the Super Bowl last year. You know, just things like that. All the things we work and labor for. You know, who won the Super Bowl in 1999? And two them, only the it's the only enthusiasts like her but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, certain people that will know. But, but most of the masses won't have no idea. Yeah, it's the one. Who won? Who, who won nothing? You got those who are yeah, she's those unique ones that can recall all of that. Yeah, some people got a computer. Some people got a computer in their brain that just records everything. But you see what I mean? Who won the Olympics? Who's gold medalist and different things? We don't even recall it. Amen. And so the word of the Lord is telling us, don't put all of our energy and effort into things that are temporal and it'll be fleeting. Yeah. Lay up for yourselves treasure in yeah. heaven where moth and rust yeah. don't corrupt, yeah. where thieves can't break in and right. steal. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. I want the Lord to be able to say, well done. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's really funny to, like I mentioned, we're, in this new in this center actually uh the women's shelter purchased an old unitarian church and they renovated the the first, first floor, floor and made it into a, a head start yeah and so nice. uh and carol and i are working in there now okay. um helping them with facility management and administration and all that kind of thing yeah. and uh this is how god is so funny Mm -hmm. uh, had a contractor come over to, to look over the building to clean some carpet and as soon as he walked in the building he walked in the door and he said so you the pastor of this church said, no sir this isn't the church anymore and he said then he said oh i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i like, you ain't kidding <laughs> pastor is all over me yeah pastor is all over me so even with a title of administrator, mm -hmm. people walk in the door and go, you're the pastor. <laughs> I can see it. You got that look. Uh, what would you say? And so what I'm saying to all of us is no matter, God's got us on assignment. Yes. And the work is taking place where we are. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, have you been stopped and why are you grocery shopping? People mm -hmm. like, People striking up conversation yep. with you, cashier. Like, would you just yes. check my stuff out and go? I ain't want to hear your life story. <laughs> all the time. All the time. Oh, God, so. He's, He's yeah. 
Wow. So it's amazing to watch wow. how things unfold. And we're going to be so distraught and not understanding. So I'm trusting that the wisdom of the Lord has really been imparted today. Like, God, we just trust you. Yes. I may not get it sometimes. And, <laughs> yeah. I, and that's what I love about him. He lets us talk like that. Say, God, I don't get this. But, <laughs> but. I trust you. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't get upset with us talking like that. Yeah. Oh, I don't understand yeah. this. Even grateful. when you say I don't like this. Yeah. I really don't like this. <laughs> I don't like it. Okay. But I belong to you. Yes. Thank you, Lord.